I've lived a thousand lives. I've pilot a thousand souls. I've killed and fought and died. Just for another role. This is the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast, a roundtable discussion that's a mix of friendship, humor, unbridled enthusiasm, and tabletop RPG topics sent in from around the world. Just for another Hello, and welcome to Season 32, Episode 14 of the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Kimmy. My name is Adam. I'm Pooja. And in today's episode, Ken asks about running a campaign multiple times. Ayana explains start with nothing games. And Steffi from Scotland gets poetic. If you'd like to contribute a question or topic to the show, you can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. We need emails from everyone except Steffi. We love you, <laughs> Steffi. But yeah, please write emails. Happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. Please do that. Do that thing. And you can be anonymous. Yeah. We right? had anonymous before. Last time, yeah. yeah it was very it's exciting. Fine. Yes. Be anonymous. Be yourself. Whatever you want to be. Exactly. All right. Announcements. Our Patreon was completely reorganized. So thank you all of you who've joined. It's very exciting. Visit happyjacks.org slash Patreon to update your support and see if any of the tiers tempt you to start supporting our community. Also, Gateway 2023 is happening at the Hilton LAX September 1st through the 4th. We will be doing our Saturday live show from the con. If you're going to be there, sign up for games we're running. There's also a really active games on demand section there that our friend Tomes runs and a bunch of us will be playing and playtesting games there too. And yeah, so go to strategicon.net if you want to sign up. I think it's too late to run games, but if you, you can still buy a batch and go. Yeah. And oh, heads up, I am starting school this week. So I'm a little behind on things. So if you're wondering <laughs> why podcast episodes are being posted a few days late this week and next week, that is why. Be patient. I will be back in the groove soon. <laughs> And that's also why I'm not talking on Discord at all. So I'm fine. I'm okay. (laughs) I'm alive. It's all fine. I'm just very busy. She's alive. She has not been replaced by Stu in a Kimmy mask. No. (laughs) No. Uh Uh-uh. Stu's totally alive, though. I saw him yesterday. Legit. Yeah. All right. Indie Designer of the Month. Raw by Bear is still our Indie Designer of the Month and is August, which is why school's starting. You can find his stuff at nerdypapergames.itch.io or you can find him at nerdypapergames on Blue Sky. This week, we're talking about Demon Castle Dracula. Count Dracula has awakened from centuries of dreamless slumber to enslave humanity and entomb the world in endless night. He plans to forge the Nox Eterna, a mystical artifact of immense alchemical power with the power of the blood moon eclipse. This sounds sort of familiar. <laughs> As medieval Europe falls to his ravenous armies of undead minions, your heroes join forces for one final desperate assault on Dracula's castle. If you don't stop him, the world will never see another sunrise. Demon Castle Dracula is a room, a rules light dungeon crawl story game unofficially based on the best vampire video game series of all time. It might start with castle and end in Vania. Yes. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it is designed to be played by one GM and two to five players in a single three or four hour session, but you can play for longer if you wish. 
The game is played in a series of alternating scenes. Odd-numbered scenes are action scenes. They take place in the present and concern the party's journey through the castle and into Dracula's throne room. Even-numbered scenes are memory scenes. They take place in the past and help us fill in the story's history and the setting. Whenever fate or fortune come into play, the GM asks the players to roll dice to determine the outcome. No special materials are required, just a few six-sided dice, and there's even an online character keeper to help the GM and players keep track of things during remote play. You can pay what you will, which is, you should be generous, um, at nerdypapergames.itch.io. And like everything that Rob makes, he is a graphic designer and artist. It is beautiful and looks amazing. Yeah. And also, the if you come to Gateway, Rob is usually there hanging out with all of us. Yes. So, which is a treat unto itself. Yes. So, all yeah. Because right. Rob is just a wonderful person in general. Absolutely. So, yeah. And, yeah. So, yeah. Go check out Rob, our Indie Designer of the Month, or August. I almost forgot what month it was again. And then it was, like, came crashing yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. No. The doom of this yes. week. It's that it's month. It's month. Okay. <laughs> All right. I talked a whole lot. So someone has to read mailbag number one. Okay. I'll do it. I've been away for a while, mostly because I forgot to show up at the last one I was supposed to be at. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to make that no longer a regular thing, y'all. Okay. Mailbag number one. Salutations, Team Jackers. Firing off another email to keep the old podcast fires burning and together your valuable advice. I've been running games since the late 70s, wow, and I am about to, for the very first time, run the same campaign for the second time. I'm speaking... This person has been running new campaigns since the 70s, and it is 2020. Every single time. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, indeed. The wow is the author's insertion, by the way, not mine. (laughs) I'm I'm adding my wow. Yeah. (laughs) I'm speaking of 50 Fathoms for Savage Worlds. Yes, Savage Worlds. For those not familiar, Savage Worlds settings often include plot point campaigns, PPC, whereas long-running campaigns are presented as a series of set adventures that highlight important points of the story. And the GM is encouraged to fill in the in-betweens with whatever they wish. A good point to personalize the focus of the adventure. Well, I ran this PPC for one of the groups I GM for. It was actually their first exposure to Savage Worlds Mm -hmm. and one of the three players' exposure to role-playing games in general. It went spectacularly. The players interacted with the world, the story advanced beautifully, roles were played, and it ended with a nail-biting edge-of-the-seat finale. As my other group is winding down the current campaign, we have decided to go with 50 Fathoms. So here comes the concerns. Have you ever run the same campaign more than once? What are the pros and cons of doing so? I feel like the main pro is familiarity. I've seen the nuts and bolts. You should ask before seeing nuts and bolts. Hits and misses of the setting, so should be a pro. Con, comparing. Why did this part not work with this group like it did with the other? This bit went well for the first group. Maybe I should steer group two here. How come group two doesn't like this NPC when group one loved her, etc.? Any suggestions, encouragement, or advice would be highly welcome. We have all three. Thanks, comma, Ken. (laughs) P.S., but also thanks, Ken. P.S., any chance we could hear more APs of Savage World settings other than the short-lived Oz game? P.P.S., I'm curious why that game shut down. If it's something you'd rather not go into, that's cool, mm. but my GM brain is fascinated by what makes a game fail as a lesson to what for what to look out for. Nah. All right. Yeah. Well, that last part, like, it just 
sometimes games hit a point, and we talk about this a lot on the podcast, where things just aren't clicking. Mm-hmm. Like there were things that have been included start being triggering for people at the table. And sometimes it's things that people didn't even realize were going to be upsetting mm-hmm. to them and things like that. And yeah, that's just one of those things that started happening with that game. And rather than have things be toxic or not fun, like we do this for fun here. Right. Like, so it was one of the things where it's like, hey, we all want to stay friends and forcing you to show up and do this game every week that's upsetting to you is not going to facilitate mm-hmm. friendship or fun. Right. So we're just going to pull the plug on it and we'll try again another time with different mix of people or a different setting or something like that. Yeah, and I think that's something that's very important for to recognize and yeah. something that, it, you know, in Happy Jacks, we play like we're playing with our friends, right? And mm-hmm. and so we don't, we don't do this whole... Yeah, we, like, part- we play like, like we're playing with our friends, right. not with our <laughs> yeah. actual friends. Right, yeah. We're not actually friends. <laughs> but, you know, we, we, we don't play like we have this scripted program that we're trying to get out and we've got sponsors to please and all that. Like you said, we do this for fun and we do it because we want to. And just like in your home games, if, if a game is not clicking, if it's not working out, if it's causing friction because people are having communication problems or people are frustrated with how things are going because they thought it was going to be one way and it's a different way, it's okay to end a game and say, you know what, this one didn't work out for us. Let's try something else. Maybe we want a different system or a different setting, or maybe we need to go back and and rethink our lines and veils or mm-hmm. other safety tools. And it like the the whole point of this hobby is to have fun. So like don't ruin friendships because you think you just have to finish the game. Right, exactly. And we actually talked about this with the anonymous email you're talking about mm-hmm. from last time. Sometimes you sit down with a person who's amazing and wonderful and you are best friends with them and you realize you have completely incompatible play styles. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, we both have very different things that we want to get out of this. And neither one is bad or wrong. I mean, it's like, if you're going to share ice cream, you want to, you know, have people who are sharing it with you to to like that flavor of ice cream. Yeah. If they don't like that flavor of ice cream, you're not going to like force them to eat that flavor of ice cream. Why would you waste ice cream like that? But yeah. But mostly too short for bad ice cream. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Although bad ice cream, I mean, sometimes bad ice cream is better than no ice cream. Right. Yeah. 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 But anyway, that's a whole nother. My metaphor has gone way off the rails. It has nothing to do with gaming. The, I really just like ice cream a lot. Yeah. But um, yeah. So, and it was one of those things where we like, like sat down, we had a big like debrief and like critical conversation about it. So you had an adult conversation about it. Yeah. What? Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. And like, so it was one of those things where like, we took our own advice. Like, yeah. And a lot of the things that I've learned from other people. And it was just one of those moments where it's like, okay, we've got to practice what we preach. Yeah. And we did it and friendships were saved. And, or maybe they weren't. I don't know if it was ever in peril of like not being friends anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's great that everyone still like shows up to parties and is fine. And yes, do it. Have a little bit of a different approach next time for yeah. another game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's, yeah. I was just hitting up like the end part there. And then. Yeah. Now back to the actual question, not just the gossipy part. Okay, so as far as running campaigns the second time, I don't do this very often. I've done it a couple of times, but I've almost, I've done it more so with like PBTA games and like, I'm going to run this scenario another time, but PBTA is so impromptu and responsive to the player's input 
that it's not quite the same as like trying to run a D&D module multiple times. Mm-hmm. And I haven't really had a lot of interest in doing that, mostly because I don't run from modules. And so, and I also tend to run very improvisational. And so I, I can't say that I've really done this a lot, but I think the big thing that I would recommend here is like what you said about the comparison. Don't expect it to be the same story. And I would say, don't even worry about why the new players didn't like that NPC that the previous one liked. It doesn't really matter. Like it's, if you have like every story should be different depending on the different people telling it. And that's okay. Like, just see what happens. Like, it's a simple in that question is like a different day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) People could like something more, like it could set them off or something in their real life or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like those questions are always going to be kind of arbitrary or or the answers to those questions are going to be kind of arbitrary. And I think the biggest thing like is to really look at this as you are even though you're hitting the same plot points, you are telling a completely different story with a new group of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be fun to try to steer them to something that you know other people have enjoyed, but really like put that, listen to your players, take the the cues from your players on what they're enjoying and what they're not, and try to like divorce the mm-hmm. other time as mm-hmm. much as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Because even if you try with all your might, you're... GMing of it is going to be really different. Mm-hmm. So it's like that NPC you really want them to like, like maybe you were a little more charming last time you did that. Maybe that's cool. Maybe it's neat that she's a little suspect or mm-hmm. who knows, like all their backstories and everything else are also going to feed into that. Yeah. So it's like someone has been betrayed by someone who looks very much like this NPC. Like maybe they're going to be more <laughs> suspect for no reason that has anything to do with you. Mm-hmm. So I'd actually, I would lean into it. And this is what I've done when I've like, I've been running a lot of Starscape lately at cons. <laughs> cons are where I run campaigns again. And it's like, I run very similar stories. Like it's like the same kind of beats. And then like every once in a while, someone will come to the table. I'm like, oh shit, they were here last time. Oogie, let's see. <laughs> but lean into making it different. Yeah. For yourself too. That will ease up on the comparison because you won't be wanting it to be the same. Right. So if you played off a certain NPC as very kind and quiet last time, like switch it up, try and do a completely different like characterization for that, that mm-hmm. NPC. That's a great idea. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think it, it, like if you're going in expecting it to be the same, you're only going to find disappointment. But if you go in expecting it to be different and unique and new then not only are they going to get a better experience because you're basing it off of what happens with them, but also you'll have that excitement of not knowing exactly where it's going to go. It's, yeah. So it's kind of a gift for you to be able to experience the same story in a totally different way. And it makes me think of, of theater and how like you'll see one production of Hamlet And it's totally different when you see a different production of Hamlet because different actors and different designers and different directors, they've brought something new to it. And it's that's part of the joy of live theater. And so if you think of that, of this in those terms, that's that's where you get to have the fun seeing what is going to be new. I am going to warn you against comparing yourself to yourself. Mm. Like you're 
you say here that you're worried about comparing the party to the other party. I don't know if that's actually what you mean. <laughs> I feel like you mean comparing yourself and the story you create the player to yourself and the story you created the other players. Don't try and stay away from that. Yeah. And because it can go the other way too. Like if you if this one ends up like amazing, then if you're comparing yourself, you're like, what did I do wrong last time? Right. Do you think maybe that one person like never came back to a game because I did such a bad job? Like it just spirals. So just also make sure you're giving yourself a completely separate, clean break mm-hmm. running this campaign. It's new for you too, because it's it is new. Like you know the the beats of it, but like I love the comparison of theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's different every time. And as someone who's been in like plays where it's different every single time. And Ren Fair is also a really good comparison because mm-hmm. you do your show like four times a day at Ren Fair, but it's very vaudeville type theater where it's like you're interacting, you're getting the audience to shout things back, you're pulling people up on stage and interacting with them. Every single show, even though you say the same lines, ends up different. Mm -hmm. When I pull someone from the audience and I sing my naughty verse for them, like how they react is completely different. Mm -hmm. And it makes the show very different. Like if they're bashful and shy, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm up here. She's singing about that to me. Or they're into it. And I'm like, okay, let me hold your hands while we're singing together. <laughs> yes, you're going to stand right over there. <laughs> oh, oh, that's your girl. She's cute. She can come up too. Okay, come here. <laughs> so like, it, it's completely different despite it being the same notes and the same lyrics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like lean into that. Like you're using the same like basic framework, but the people in your group are going to give so much to you. It's going to be a completely different thing. Yeah. On your PS about more APs of Savage World settings, I don't know if that's coming up soon or not. I do love Savage Worlds and I haven't run it or played it in a long time. Mm -hmm. So it's something I, it's definitely something on my radar. I currently have some other stuff that's kind of consuming my attention right now that are not Savage Worlds, but it is one of those things where I'm always like, I do love me some Savage Worlds. Yeah, we do. Fun setting. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, I'm sure we will do Savage Worlds eventually. It is not currently in the queue, but I'm only like, the the queue's only like two games deep right now. (laughs) I tend to be like, oh, a game is ending. Who wants to run something in about four weeks? And that's how the queue happens. Other people also are like, hey, I'd love to run a game. I'm like, great. We'll not remember that. So when I shout out for everyone who wants to run a game in about six weeks, tell me. So yeah, I'm sure it will happen again. We live Mm seven worlds. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Ken. Mailbag number two. This is lengthy. So we should Jib share. writing in again? Mm, no, no. <laughs> it, uh, to be fair, it's a lot of bullet points. Oh, yeah. So it takes up a lot of printed space, which is why it's like seven pages long. Oh, yeah. But it's not just full straight texts. It'll be fine. We'll break it into pieces. <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah. All right. I, will, yeah. I guess I'll start if that's okay. Hello, Kimmy and crew. This is my first time writing in. Okay. Sorry. It, it is your first time writing in, but I used your second email a few weeks ago. So it's not the first time we've read your emails and oh. podcasts. So we're, we were a little out of chronological order there. I apologize. Still working through the backlog. I can't help but feel like I probably should have done it sooner. I've been more or less sitting on a free, aside from note cards and decision maker, solution to the problem that I've noticed mentioned multiple times in emails. What to do when you show up for game night or whatever time and the GM has decided they don't feel up for running and the, running the game or that they can't make it and no one can decide what to do. The answer that any group can do at the drop of a hat is run an SWN, 
And that is a start with nothing game. The idea is not mine, but rather was originally developed for the Fate system by a podcast slash blog called Burn Everything Gaming. They have Fate APs, among other things, including a few SWNs for those interested. I keep feeling like it's like rats of unusual size. Oh. I, say I know. It's like the R-O-U-S is what? Yeah. <laughs> I quite enjoy the randomness inherent in the design, but having tried out Fate with my group to min-max loss of story cohesion for the sake of the over-the-top resource management out of character effect, I ignored the latent possibilities for several years. Another system hopping to the point, hoping... Wait, after wait. system. After, there, that makes more sense. <laughs> I'm really tired, sorry. After system hopping to the point that I was starting to try to make my own, the idea resurfaced with the help of extra time off work in the pandemic. And I thought it would... I thought it... I can't read anymore. Okay, Pooja, take over. <laughs> I can't read tonight. It's okay. After system hopping to the point I was starting to try to make my own, the idea resurfaced with the help of the extra time off work from the pandemic. Shout out to lockdown. <laughs> and though it loses a little polish slash set dressing, it becomes available to the gaming community at large, no matter your preferred system. Loss of polish example, the act of giving out and then paying in fate points, physically showing the player's contributions to the world, as described in the post, is an unfortunate loss. If your preferred system has a similar mechanic, like Benny's, I'd recommend using it to strengthen the player's feelings of ownership in what is being created. Now, will use something like Decaba to strengthen mm-hmm. Gold I'm, any award-winning Decaba. Yeah, gold right. any award-winning. Um, so yeah, I think... That- I don't think I, last time, I don't know if we, I knew. Did we announce that? I don't that? know, I don't remember. Decima is a gold any award winning accessory? Last week was a very long time ago, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, so for those who don't know, Kimmy, creator of Golden Lasso Games and their hit accessory Decima, the R&D for your RPG, won a golden any this year and won the top prize for best accessory for an RPG. So physical yeah. something, something, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So <laughs> so if you haven't gotten your copy of Golden Any Award winning Decima yet, you need to go to goldenlassogames.com. Com. Don't and, do it right now though, because for some reason shipping is like yeah. foobard and, and it's <laughs> just a nightmare. But, but yes. yes. Anyway, let's go back yeah. to the email. I, I feel weird now. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate you all. Yeah, I love it. Okay, keep going. <laughs> Do you ever need a hype team? Yeah, right. yeah. We gotcha. I, was, I thought it'd be like a little like, oh yeah, we're done. Have fun. Uh, no, it's a huge fucking I deal. <laughs> I, I um, feel like I probably talked about it last week. I don't know. That's um, all right. We'll okay. talk about it some more. Yeah, every week. <laughs> I'm hoping the hosts that are there when this is being read will be willing to give the community a demonstration so they'll be able to see, hear it instead of just a boring written guide that gets vague because it can't account for every creative instance where questions may arise. But if you can't, I understand. If you could still read and discuss, that'd be great. The basic premise is that you start with nothing, no game world, no characters, and no GM until you pick somebody to fill that role. Once chosen, the GM is given one truth about the world from each player, the GM then integrates those truths into a semi-cohesive whole and chooses an achievable goal slash endpoint they think the party will be able to achieve in a reasonable time frame, which is however long you can play or need an interim game for. Characters are made very simply and role-playing ensues. 
It, it's always guaranteed to be interesting, if nothing else. <laughs> I'm going to write the rest of this generally referencing PBTA mechanics as a basis, as most of the hosts should be familiar with it. What? Oh, yeah. Don't know what oh, you're talking about. Never heard of it. 2d6, degrees of success, moves, harm, etc. I'm also going forward with the idea that you'll demonstrate the process. <laughs> I maybe should have read this email before I put it in. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Maybe we can do a special and demonstate this. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah. yeah. Six pages to go. Yeah. <laughs> so here's what will follow, and feel free to switch readers as needed. Yes, as we have already yeah, demonstrated. Yeah. <laughs> Notes to the GM. Choose your GM and setup. Notes to the players. Truths and categories. Break. Character creation. Play until an appropriate conclusion is reached. Closing notes. End of email. I like that you gave me a little like table of contents here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. like I'm reading someone's like thesis. Yeah. <laughs> notes to the GM. One of you will be the GM. <laughs> you can that. choose. You can choose how to decide as anyone will do. Wow. <laughs> These notes are mostly for them, but remember that the mantle could fall on any of you at any of time mm -hmm. when you play an SWN. So paying attention is recommended. Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> like, are you a teacher? <laughs> I know. Like, like, my anxiety just, like, went through the rope. I'm like, oh, it could be me. Any moment. And I'm like, wait. No, but fine. Okay, I'm ready. I'm listening. I'm paying attention. Go ahead. Um, your primary job is twofold. Fit the truths you are given into a playable world and facilitate fun for the rest of your friend's group by making their journey exciting. No pressure. No. <laughs> I feel like you need a game where it's like everyone's names are on popsicle sticks in an old mug. And it's like everyone's oh. like... And you pull a name it's randomly. Like short. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Drawing the screen stick. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Like all the teachers ever... The universe starts as a blank canvas. The players will give you strange and interesting puzzle pieces for you to turn into a game world that does justice to the essence of those pieces. Advice is difficult as you will have to rely heavily on your imagination. Maybe your players are now Ewoks dealing with a flamingo infestation. True story. <laughs> is it though? <laughs> or perhaps they will become masked wrestlers forever locked in the battle between the face and the heel. Also a true story. You just never know. Therefore, the best thing you can do is ask questions. However, if you're trying to build a world that you really want to keep, Nekaba is probably a more reasonable option. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but this is meant for quick gameplay, so don't overdo it on the questions. Mm -hmm. You are allowed to clarify any truth you are given. Do they want a Game of Thrones theme because of court intrigue, magic, or something else? You are also allowed to be honest if truths contradict to you or you feel like you won't be able to honor their truth well in the given framework and ask for a new or modified truth. You are allowed to give the characters abilities, moves, or items to help them out. As long as you're reasonable about it, you are allowed to veto any character concept or create the group concept if one doesn't get created as a truth. And you're allowed to use rails as needed, as one would with a con game, since it's likely to be a one-shot, but always listen to the player's ideas and give them a fair hearing. You will get a break after the truths to formulate your plot. Now, when I say plot, it probably should be closer to a planning a reasonable endpoint, a goal. How you'll guide your players there depends on your GM style, but a blurb to get the ball rolling is unfortunately pretty much a must. This is the world. This is the stitch. You are here. Go. <laughs> With the occasional, oh, 
<laughs> that came with an asterisk. Oh, make oh. an event occur, use an NPC to tell them something, or literally send them something after then, your choice. <laughs> when they seem lost. You may want to give them directions for character done before the break to keep them engaged with the game, and a timer is always helpful. I mean, your definition Dude. of helpful and my definition of helpful are very <laughs> different right. things. Yeah. Should we stop and talk about that section? I think quickly. So, yeah. like, I might be not understanding, but, like, this is a separate from a game system, right? Yes. Okay, so this yeah. is, like, a, a, for lack of anything, like, a uh, oral tradition of gaming. Yeah, like, kind of, yeah. It, like, it's a, like, this is how we run this game. It's, none of it seems to be written down. We just tell each other how to play, and then we play it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting. Uh, essentially, I mean, it, it sounds to me like, basically, you create some initial ideas mm -hmm. as a group and then one person is charged with taking those ideas slamming them together into something cohesive or semi-cohesive and then you just run with it yeah. and i will say like listening along with this is this is actually very similar to what i do with one shots of pbta games mm -hmm. anyway and so what i like when i've run masks for cons or for one shots what I do is is we go through character creation and I actually take the full, like a full hour and a half to two hours going through character creation, even though it's for a one shot, because that's the most fun. And then once we have created the characters together, that's like all of my ideas come from that. And so, so usually at that point, I'm like, okay, everybody take a break and I'm going to smoosh this all together and then I plop them right in the middle of a fight. Like, no setup, nothing. I'm just like, you're in the middle of fighting with such and such bad guy. Like, bad guy does this. What do you do? And then after the fight is concluded, then we kind of, like, this was my MO for a long time, is like, we do the fight, and then the adult, the masks version of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I think is called Aegis, they show up and they're like, hey, teenagers, what are you doing doing this superhero fight? Mm -hmm. And there's the interaction with them and then the teens get to walk away victorious and, and yeah. vindicated. And uh, kissing. I, and kissing, yeah. Yeah, they got it. Somebody's got to kiss. Is it teen drama if nobody kisses? But It is if they almost kiss, but then like Ooh. something stops them from kissing. Oh, that's And then true. they both like obsess about, were they really going to kiss? Right, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's even more team drama. <laughs> that's yes. Ooh, that's great. That's yeah, great. Uh, that's a good cliffhanger. Yeah. So I mean, I really kind of dig this idea because essentially what I've done for a, a while now is so I have all my PBTA games in my iPad, <laughs> and so like if there's ever like oh we're out a game master but we still want a game I'm like well I can print out mask sheets real quick right or. Monster of the Week or the Star Wars PBTA. Mm -hmm. Like, I can run Masked Monster of the Week or the Star Wars PBTA with, like, no prep, nothing. Just, like, let's make characters and I will have a story that develops out of it because my brain is so tuned in to those three particular genres. And I used to keep the Star Trek PBTA as well because most people wouldn't want to play that, which made me sad. I mean, they're just wrong. It's fine. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're allowed to have wrong opinions. But yeah, so I I really kind of dig this idea and it's totally something I would be up for doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It reminds me of the kids' book, Stone Soup. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So for those of you who may not, like, you know, have 
gone to school in America where like everyone reads it. It's a children's picture book that is supposedly like a, a fable or something. I don't know if it's actually mm-hmm. accurate, but it's about these two travelers who come into a town and they're very hungry and they don't have any food with them and nobody's going to share food with them. They don't want to give food to these like travelers who are not part of their community. So these very smart, somewhat manipulative travelers <laughs> take <laughs> a giant pot, put water in it and put a big fire on it like the middle of the town square. And they start talking about how they're going to make the most amazing, magical, wonderful soup ever. And then they start putting rocks in it. And it's like in the bottom of the boiling pot of water. And they're like, oh, it's going to be amazing. And we'll share it with everyone. It'd be better if we had some carrots. And then someone is like, well, I have some carrots. I can go bring them for this magic soup. So like, basically, like the idea is like everyone who was not going to share their food before now everyone's putting it on together and then it does make an amazing delicious soup because everybody contributes part of it and it's like socialism. Yeah. And yeah. Um, <laughs> it's an amazing delicious soup with rocks at the bottom. And of rocks it. at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yep. That's kind of it. I love thinking, I always think about that when I talk, when things like this come up where it's like everyone's contributing little pieces and yeah. together it's like all yummy and soupy except just don't put the ladle in too deep for the rocks. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> so I don't know. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Set up and choose GM. Be like, Adam. Okay. Everyone will need a note card or sheet of paper and writing utensil along with the decider of choice, playing cards, dice, etc. A set of attributes or characteristics will be needed. More attributes equals longer setup or character gen. Feel free to take those from your current game or use the easy generic starting set that follows. Talk for social checks. Think for mental checks. Act for action checks. It's a good summary of yeah there's yeah. the triumvirate around three to five harm check boxes for hp or condition are recommended as well other mechanics may be added as needed but simple is best especially if you have a short play window the gm won't need these but instead some scratch paper for planning and writing the player's truths so now pick a gm a volunteer works but so does a coin toss not it or rock paper scissors or Popsicle sticks. Yeah, popsicle sticks. If you yeah. just happen to have a whole bunch of popsicle sticks with your friends' names on them. Yeah, yeah. As you do. <laughs> I love like the solution for this is like, it's so much easier than finding a game that's made to, like, just write a game with your friends for your yeah. one quick session. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, create a new game whole cloth. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, yeah, and the truth is, is like, it is actually it's pretty fun. simple. Yeah. <laughs> and if it doesn't work out right, Right. It's yeah. three hours, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You learned something and you had fun with your friends, so yeah. who cares? Yeah. All right. Uh, notes for players. The looming nothingness needs filled. That's your job. And then you can play a part in telling a story on this freshly painted canvas. But first, a few notes. I do like that this is like, it doesn't put the GM in, in charge of like, you have to come up with all the details. It is mm-hmm. it, like, it's, it's more collaborative, which I like. The single best thing I can say is pay attention. The second is support your fellow players. This includes the GM. How? Listen to each truth stated and fill in gaps instead of contradicting, repeating, or overly compounding things. Also known as yes Yes and and (laughs) (laughs) Don't make impossible to describe or impossible to understand things. At one point, a group decided to A, have amnesia, B, only have three of the five senses, and C, only have either taste or smell. As you might imagine, this was extra difficult on the GM, who then had to explain to the players, who didn't remember that they were Nagas in a spaceship, how they perceived the world in taste, touch, heat vision, and heat vision, 
of a sort instead of sight. The conclusion was reached when they understood what they were and got out of their strange ship that had crashed on an alien world. The players weren't too keen on continuing in a world where they had trouble understanding after a few hours of play. Yeah. It just seems like mean. Yeah. 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 That's a lot. I mean, not for the, like, the players doing that. We have all these things. Make a fun story. Go. Right. Yeah. Oh, I was just thinking, like, back to our horror discussion. I'm like, this is a horror game. Yeah. This is a horror game that is happening. Mm-hmm. And you'll end up in some kind of, like, Silent Hill situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would have split it up, like had it be like inside out or something, where it's like you're our sense of taste, you're our sense of touch, uh-huh. and then yeah. like put them in different situations and like have them tell me, yeah, like what they were, and then like having to share that info with the rest of the table. That'd yeah. be interesting. This could be like a really cool one sheet kind of game mm-hmm. where it's like each, like you limit everybody's senses and like the GM knows what you all are and the whole point of the game is discovering what you are. And, but like that needs like some basic rules set out rather than a, like, we're just going to come up with this on the fly. I think. And it also depending on your group. True. Yeah. Sorry. It makes the point of the game, figuring that out rather than playing to like a, I feel like fully bought in endpoint Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where it's like, we're just going to set all of these like hits with stakes in them right. yeah. and then blindfold ourselves. Yeah. And then like, whereas something really cool might be on the yeah. other side of all of this, but the entire game is going to be about not falling in the pits with spikes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So all that to say, you will usually have more fun if you can make it not too hard on the GM. Thank you. Remember, you have thrown a lot of strange things at the GM. It's only fair that they get to say what they, what will or won't fit in the menagerie you've collectively given them to work with. They have veto power on any character concept, but may also bestow you with skills or items that will help you navigate the chaos you've caused. If a hook is dangled, take it and hop on the crazy train you've put in motion. All right. And, yeah. And that's kind of always good advice. Like, just if the hook is dangled, take it. And... I always with consent. With consent, yes. I mean, I also like for short form play, absolutely. Like that's my caveat for that. Because I also adore running and playing in campaigns where we wander fucking everywhere and ignore the very clear like path Mm -hmm. in front of us. That can be so much fun. But yes, for short form, like we have one session or two sessions, please follow the especially if you have expected the GM to come up with all of this on the fly based right. on stuff you've given them and like eat the soup, even if there's rocks in it. Right. Come on, right. just do yeah. the thing. Yeah, yeah. And But I think like even in, in general in games, like take hooks from other players yeah. that, when they offer them. Like this is something I always try to do when I'm, when we're doing like group character creation and session zeros is I'm listening to what the other characters are coming up with and trying to think of like, okay, well, I wanted to have a certain NPC as part of my backstory. It'd be cool if it was the same person as in their backstory. Mm. Or like, oh, I want to like have broken up with somebody recently. It would be really cool if it was your character. Or your character's sister. Uh, Right. Or or sibling in general. (laughs) But like, yeah. And it's, that kind of stuff is so much fun. Yeah. Like as a player, especially for a one shot, Mm -hmm. to like just throw a lot more like nuance and depth into your characters and your backstory and your world by laying out these kind of like basic relationships yeah. Yeah. that gain a lot from having 
being integrated with the other players. Mm-hmm. And the one shot the other day with today, like I ended up being the sibling of one of the other players and we had this whole thing and then our parents were a whole thing and it became like a fun story element mm-hmm. that had we not made that one choice at the beginning, it never would have been there. It wouldn't have worked. And yeah, we would have yeah. had to like split even more of our time describing three different households instead of two. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in like during the Gene X actual play, mm-hmm. like if I remember correctly, like your character's relationship with Michael's character like came up during character creation, like, oh, this would be cool if we were exes. Mm -hmm. And it became one of the best, like, romance arcs I've ever seen (laughs) in a game. It was just, like, it was so organic. Like, you're so irritated with each other at first. And, like, it gradually became clear and clear neither of you were over each other. And, like, it was just this cool will-they-won't-they thing that happened and, and, like, ended in this great way. And, yeah, yeah, so... To this day, I don't know if, like Mike was just like masterful at that, or if he really just like screwed up that many times to piss off my character, <laughs> he'd be like, "Oh, what? Yeah, I'm gonna go. What? what? And then like storm away. I was like, I don't know if you should be writing for the CW or if you just <laughs> don't get anything that's happening right now. But it was amazing. It was right? so good. Yeah, yeah. so good. And it never would have happened if you guys during character creation yeah. weren't like, "Oh yeah, okay, let's do that." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which. It was, like, one of the first times I'd really done, like, romance, like, Mm -hmm. on a, well, specifically on a stream, but in, like, role-playing games in general. And I was a little bit nervous about it, but, like, Mike and I were really good friends. I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. this will be fine. Our spouses know each other. It's going to be all good. And then, yeah, it ended up so much fun. And, like, yeah, it was was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Truths and categories. Let's see if I'm better at reading it this time. (laughs) In whatever order the group slash GM wants, each player states one truth about the game world. The GM will probably ask for clarification, so be ready to do a little extra thought work. If you only have two players, it can be helpful to have them each give two truths. But what can I say is true, you ask? Here are some categories to get you started, but don't worry if your idea overlaps categories somewhat. Setting, on a volcanic world, in an underground bunker, in a mech universe, and the world that was destroyed, etc. Race. Mutations have given humans powers. We are Klingons. We are anthropomorphic abominations. Okay, I got that one. Other <laughs> mer people, etc. I love how you, you did find your anthropomorphic abominations, but you stumbled over mutations. Give humans powers. Yeah, yeah that's a hard guns up for me tonight, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Conflict. An evil emperor has harnessed the forces of the mole people. Nice. Intergalactic war is inevitable. Crazy rodeo clowns have taken to rioting in the streets, and the never-ending battle for the high ground has begun, etc. <laughs> Purpose. We're fleeing from. We're working as emissaries in the war. We are advanced aliens. LARPing on a less technologically advanced planet. Oh my God, that's amazing. <laughs> Oh my god! You mean you mean half the filler episodes of Star Trek? Yes. <laughs> oh my god! I, I'm going to be writing that as like one of the pre-written adventures for Starscape right. immediately. <laughs> oh my god! I think I might like have to run that as a Savage Worlds game. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. so good. I'm running Starscape at the con, and I might. I don't have a. Right? Game, I don't have a one-shot concept yet, so I wonder how like oh sitting down with a group of strangers, you're LARPing. <laughs> You are Star Trek LARPers. Go. <laughs> okay. Other nanotech exists. People commonly mistake merfolk for fish, Victorian era, but not steampunk. 
<laughs> means you have not hot glued gears randomly on your right. outfits because that's evidently steampunk. Yeah, you the do cake it. is a lie, etc. There was a asterisk around. I think the LARPing. Oh yeah, advanced yeah. aliens yeah. LARPing on a less technical. This statement may seem like it covers too much, but if you look carefully, it leaves gaps for other players to fill in. We're advanced aliens. What kind? What do we look like? How easy will it be to blend in, etc. LARPing, it could have been sword and sorcery, but actually ended up being the staging ground for a final battle between the anime and manga, so as not to destroy the universe, anime was. Less advanced planet, in quotes. As long as we have better tech, the statement is true. Teleportation versus lasers, etc. I love that like, there's like notes at the bottom of each section. Yeah. This is amazing. Did yeah. you, is this your thesis? Have right. you sent us your thesis right. to like get feedback on before you send it to somebody? Mm. Mm. Somebody's doing mm. these in game theory and they're checking it out yeah. on us. This is like their draft. Right, yeah. <laughs> we just believe like you. all the... Is the bibliography going to be page five through seven? I mean, to be fair, we do need emails. So. I mean, <laughs> oh, I'll take this one. Break. Okay. Take a break. Have a drink to discuss this idea for about 10 to 15 minutes while your GM consolidates your ideas and plans a simple plot slash goal for you to follow slash reach. I think that's always a good idea. And like, even if your GM doesn't suggest it, like, throw the GM a bone and, and suggest it and make sure everybody is just like, no, let's take a little break. But also give the GM time to use the bathroom and get a drink too. Yeah, like 10 minutes is like, that's a, like a tall order. Like yeah. give them five to actually do their bio yeah. and then like 15 minutes to like try and figure this out. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Character creation. Listen to the GM as they lay out your character building parameters. Depending on how firm an idea they have, they might give you the parameters before the break. Do you play a game with like improv professionals? Because I'm pretty good at this. And that's like, this is like a very complex process that to do very quickly. Like it's good. I'm not saying it's not good and it's like possible, but that's you're creating mechanics, you're creating a world, you're creating characters, and you're asking the GM to create the world and the balance and how you make mechanically right. characters. Yeah. It's a lot of, that's a big ask. These are it many asks. This yeah. is a buffet of asks that you have. Yes. So you generally want to have an array of pluses and minuses for your attributes, depending on how many there are. There are math problems. Just know there's math problems. There. <laughs> Three plus two plus one minus one, et cetera. So this would depend on like kind of what you, you used as the kind of the foundation of whatever system you're making up. Any additional stats or counters can be added according to GM's fiat if necessary. Usually, we assume you have basic gear a blank would have, unless the GM says differently or gives anything extra. You get some abilities slash moves. Abilities or moves are consistent, may consist of a word or phrase that can be applied positively or negatively. I found that about three to four total moves gives players who are too tied to their sheets options while still allowing for creativity. And this has the additional benefit of not bogging down those who don't want to read too much. Example, a character who is playing a Furby animatronic, true story, super creepy, could have abilities like plus two to nearly indestructible, plus one to electronic sight, minus one to waddles like a duck, (laughs) and minus two, very, very talkative. Here's my preferred method for assigning moves. Each player decides their specialty. A two-plus move is to make sure you get the chance to do things they'll enjoy. Feel free to tailor as needed to make this fit your preferred system. And then play until a conclusion is reached. 
This move thing sounds a lot like the way the moves mm-hmm. are described here, creating the moves sounds a lot like City of Miss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where depending on what your player is, depending on what in City of Miss, what their legend is or what their normie personality is, mm-hmm. you come up with moves specific to that. Yeah. And it could be like anything. Yeah. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. so much there. Yeah. So while it, like, it kind of feels like Fate. It feels just like fate. <laughs> oh, yeah, and that's what this is based on, right? So uh, yeah, I, I feel like like they said that they were going to try and tailor it for PBTA, but I think they skewed to fate because they've it's, been playing fate. Yeah, it's sort of a fate PBTA mashup. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, I will say like this to me. Everything sounds really cool. You've obviously put a lot of work into this. Yes, amazing. Yeah. this feels like the most complicated part where you're like, wait, what? And yeah. and we're doing what? Whereas, like, as a player for a one-shot, I'd be like, give me a, a plus two, minus one. Like, what? Right, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's, and honestly, like, I love the setup idea. I think when you start trying to put in mechanics, like, oh, let's have pluses and minuses, and let's have yeah. custom moves. Like, I think you're actually, like, you're going to defeat the purpose of this, which is to, like, come up with something on the fly and just run with it. Mm-hmm. and. And I think you're much better off looking at something like come up with that sort of world building thing yourself. But like, but then everybody like but have some printouts of like lasers and feelings or mm-hmm. some other kind of like one pager where it's it's like it's very simple to play. Yeah. And or just like like you don't need moves, like just use those like what was it? Think, talk and yeah, and, and act. Yeah. And just one has a plus two, one has a, a zero, and one has a minus one. And and it's just like, that's it. That's all the mechanics you need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I played in a, a long-running game where we played this for like a year and a half, and, and it was a homebrew kind of thing. And we kept changing the system. <laughs> like, it was the same story the whole time. It was this whole, like, Game of Thrones-type world that we built. Were you and, playing with Jason? No. no. <laughs> that was going to be my next question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was before i even met jason but like you got along so i know right yeah but (laughs) we had one of our main players wonderful friend of mine named basco he's very much like jason where he's like i'm gonna tweak the rules and so basically for a year and a half because in basco does not like playing long-term games Mm -hmm. and so a lot of us wanted a more long-term story but basco needed to have a new system every single time so we're like, well, let's just keep the same characters and story going. But Vasco, you just tell us today, like, what's our system? What's changed, if anything? Mm-hmm. And almost every time it was a surprise. And But what we finally ended up on for the last, probably like last six months or so, was, and so everybody had two stats. You had your ice and you had your fire. And if, and your ice was for like being cool, staying calm, that kind of stuff your fire was acting on your emotions, right? So it's more almost like logic and emotion. Okay, and, so uh, that's like monster arts a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. And then, so if you did something that was particularly fiery, anybody at the table could just say like, fire up, and you get to add a point to your fire. And it capped out at three, and it bottomed out at three. Mm-hmm. And we had poker tokens, oh or poker chips. I don't know if in the middle of this email, I can handle you explaining <laughs> the entire homebrew of this. Okay. That you, like my brain yeah. might melt. I to love sum you. it up, we ended up like doing a whole vote system with poker chips in the bag, and then the uh-huh. player draws out a poker chip, uh-huh. and 
If it's the one you wanted, you do what you said. If ah, it's not, you don't. That's cool. So it was like, a yeah, and the whole, like the numbers and then every, where how many you could put in the bag and everybody could make a vote on what they wanted to happen. And, but it was like, it was ultimately so simple. You got two stats, you got a bunch of poker chips and everybody votes. So anyway, the point of all that is, is I don't think you need, you don't need to write moves to do this, especially for a one-shot game. Yeah, um, I feel like it would know. be so much easier to pick a system you're familiar with. Like, if you know Fate, you can pretty much run just about any Fate game with yeah. a couple of minutes, like, prep. Mm-hmm. There are some exceptions, but for the most part, same thing with PBTA. Yeah. If you know the basics of PBTA, you can run most PBTA hacks, like, fairly quickly. With, uh-huh. or, and it'd be the same thing. You've got the mechanics part down. Right. Just come up with the world together or whatever your system of choice is. Like, there are some, like, more prep systems. But I feel like that would be a way of incorporating some of these ideas because I really like the idea of the truths. I really Mm -hmm. like some of that. But the minute you're like writing moves and like figuring out stats and pluses and minuses to specific stuff, that's getting too complicated to just come up with on the fly. Like maybe not for you in a group, that's amazing. But I feel like that's not a reasonable solution Mm -hmm. for most play groups when like the GM can't show up. Yeah. And then you have like, if some people are better at like making it up, that kind of stuff on the fly, mm-hmm. then you end up with some people who like have a really good time in the game and other people who can't do anything mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. because they didn't quite get it right in this character creation in the five minutes that you had to do this. Yeah. Right. And it's like, eh. at some point, if you just lean into, okay, well, here are your base stats for your three attributes. If you want to get a modifier to that. Explain to me why you should have one. Explain mm-hmm. to me why your character is super good at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Explain to me why in this situation you have the perfect MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and that way it's just a lot less pressure yeah. on everyone at the top. And you could help each other inside the game to figure out that stuff if you have one person who just isn't necessarily as great at that kind of like on your t- on their toes thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right. Now that your strange and unique setting is defined, your interesting characters made, and your goal set, you have everything you need to play a never-before-seen one-shot game. A start with nothing. Enjoy yourselves. Closing notes. Do you want to finish off somebody else? Closing notes. I understand the time is precious, and you may or may not get a chance to try this out while reading the email, but hopefully you get to give it a go at some point, and hopefully the idea will be of use to the community at large. Thanks for reading. Have a drink. We will stay as safe as possible. Ayana. P.S. Aren't postscripts, specifically when used in an email, technically a little outdated at this point? Mm -hmm. If they're supposed to be an addendum to the completed message. But if the message isn't sent yet, and since we're not using indelible ink until it's printed out, not to mention that I'm pretty sure the backspace or delete key (laughs) works on most keyboards, (laughs) virtual included. Not to mention that you could scroll to any section of your typed text. Then why? Just a random thought. <laughs> PPS. My postscripts were included for irony's sake. The best sake. Yes. PPPS. Because reasons. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Very good. Thank you, Ayana. We appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really interesting thought experiment. And, mm-hmm. and I think there is some really good stuff there. But I'd say keep it simple. What I would like, this seems like a lot of the things we did. There was a group of us who were doing like 
we were all game designers and we'd do meetings or we'd do stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Like we'd put out like a picture and all of us would go to a corner and spend 10 minutes coming up with like the outline of an RPG we could, that would like, we were inspired to do by that picture yeah, and different things. Or like, this seems like one of those things that you could do with a group like that to get creative juices going and like maybe be the birth of like an actual cool, awesome system. Mm-hmm. So there's really neat creative possibilities with this. Like in ways that aren't just like running a one shot too. Yeah, yeah. There's actually a PBTA game out there, and I can't remember the name of it. But Simple I, World. No, no. no. Although I, I know Simple World, yeah. that is. Yeah, I've always wanted to kind of get it and play around with it and and see. But no, there's one where you play in you play game designers. Oh, <laughs> and, and I think it's called Powered by the Apocalypse World World. Yeah, or yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and but the different playbooks are different types of designers. Like yeah. you've got the the crunchy numbers designer. You've got the one who just wants to get famous. You you've got Come. the one that's in it for the character. You know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and it's just like. That's what you play, and the whole game is like you're playing as as game designers, and you publish your games, and then see how they they're accepted by the rest of the group. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So. Sorry, Simple World. I jumped again. Simple yeah. World's like the outline of a PBTA game, and it tells you it's kind of the framework you can use to make your own PBTA game. Yeah, a lot of new game designers start with it. I didn't find it super helpful. Mm-hmm. I find looking at fully fleshed out games and pulling things I love from that is much yeah. more helpful. But a lot of people say it's very helpful. So. Yeah. You could use it to be really adaptable for yeah. almost anything. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah. like it might be a good thing to pull out if you're doing this as like a framework. So you've got right. the mechanics piece. And then if you're going to all come up with moves and everything, at least you're all creating moves with the same shared kind of understanding of these like, right. kind of blank books. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who wants to read this one from Steffi? Oh, it's a poem. It is. So, ooh. Shall we take turns on stanzas? Okay, let's do that. Okay. okay. All right. I'll start. Okay. We'll, just, we'll just rotate by stanza. Okay, so okay. Pooja will be next and then me. Okay. Okay. Oh, do I have to read it in a Scottish accent? No, please, please do not. <laughs> Damn it. No. Okay. It is I, Steffi from Scotland, and I write to you with an epic ballad of joy, courage, dedication, and community. JackerCon 2023 was fucking rad. Friday, I ran my first con game ever. It was mass, to the surprise of no one, where I was recognized because of my emails. And Jason got revenge with a smooth burn. It was X-Men with Rogue, Beast, and Nightcrawler, where we managed to have a touching character arc, save the day, and bond stronger as a group. All in all, we knocked it out of the park. On Saturday, the nerves smacked me across the face. Friday, I was running, but now I have to play. Last year, I froze up whenever anyone spoke to me. And this year, I fortified and made Traveler gay. Our ragbag band made money and looked cool, saving lives. And I discovered something that has evaded me. People actually enjoy my character and roleplay. Always knew I rock but didn't expect others to agree. (laughs) Sunday was the patch lo-fi bards to study and relax, where I played a jock vampire with generational trauma. I love her and she'll appear in a future Masks games. The highlight was the puppy eyes from the Where Capybara. (laughs) Also, like, well done, right? Make something with Capybara. (laughs) The most impressive part of that game was our GM was still going running and playing nonstop, 
Always Nevers just kept glowing. Aw. Over Jaggercon weekend, I played with cool people. My Wakandan chocolate thieves started the con off strong. A ray of sunshine new to the hobby who fed me pie. And many more, but this email is getting long. <laughs> and this is just my weekend. I saw so much joy in the chat. Appreciation to the Jackercon Council. Jackercon 2023 be that. P.S. This is my first poem. It was probably a huge stink, but is in solidarity with the newcomers. P.S.S. And of course, drink. drink. Cheers. That was amazing. That was so good. <laughs> oh, I love that. And I'm right? so glad yeah. like, this is the second email that we had about people who really had fun at JaggerCon. Yeah. Which is yeah. so, like, yeah. you know, like warms my poor dead heart. Right? Yeah. Also, Steffi, I want to say I see you, X-Men fan, or at least I think I do, but bringing up the X-Men and then a knocked it out of the park reference. Yeah. That was nice for my little <laughs> X-Men my little X-Men brain. <laughs> yeah. uh, For those who don't know what I'm talking about, maybe you should read the X-Men. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in the 80s. In, yeah, the 80s Chris Claremont run. Uh, yeah. Classics. Classics. Yeah. yeah. Which was 45 years ago. Well, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, we've heard, yeah. like, Jack Con went so well, and I am so excited. Um, we're having a game days coming up soon in September, I think. So oh. that's in the next, those are like mini days instead of doing like a full weekend, which actually was like four days. We do like one Saturday. Mm -hmm. It's like, everybody run games on this day. So I think we're going to be announcing that pretty soon, whatever Saturday we end up picking. So cool. yeah, it's very nice. cool. One day, one day. I still do, like, I, I always plan on like, I should get into JackerCon this year. And then I just never do. Yeah. And it's an exciting. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but one day I will join you all at JackerCon. <laughs> I'm there every year. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the yeah. third time my friend Starscape. Only game design was a quick hobby. Oh, wait. Right. Yeah. It's okay. All right. Thank you for joining us for season 32, episode 14 of the Happy Jacks RPG podcast. Please support our amazing indie designer of the month, Rob Iver. You can find his stuff at nerdypapergames.itch.io. Thank you to our chat mod, James V, and to our amazing Patreons who keep us ad-free and independent. You can join their heroic ranks at happyjacks.org slash Patreon. My name is Kimmy. My name is Adam. I'm Pooja. And today we're going to leave you with a song by our friends at Super Mad NES, which is like... Nintendo stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> my brain is not right. I'm so tired and prepping for tomorrow. And this is our friend does the the guitar. Okay, yes. Cool. They have two guitars in the band. It's epic. It's amazing. So Ryan plays one of those guitars and it's incredible. And today we're playing Maggie's Quest. So they do covers of obviously like famous music. A lot of it's like Final Fantasy, which I love. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, anyway, we'll see you next week where I will have had more sleep. <laughs> Theoretically. Theoretically, maybe. I might be like, allegedly. Allegedly. Okay, <laughs> bye.
This show is a product of the Happy Jacks RPG Network. The Mary Sues performed our intro music, and our ending song was played with the express permission of the artist. Visit happyjacks.org for more information and to find all our streams and podcasts. Mm-hmm.